The views in this podcast are the participants' own and are not the views of their respective companies. Welcome to Aerox The Legacy Life, the podcast asking what does a career in runoff insurance or reinsurance actually look like? I'm your host, Katie Reynolds, and today I'm joined by Tom Hodson, President and General Counsel of Genesis Legacy Solutions, LLC. Thank you so much for joining us today, Tom. Why don't we first start with a little bit about what Genesis Legacy Solutions actually does? Sure. We are a, a relatively new entrant into uh, the legacy space. We started about a year ago. Genesis Legacy Solutions provides, just like we say, we provide legacy solutions for or solutions for legacy liabilities that, that companies face. We acquire companies that are in runoff, should be in runoff, don't know yet that they should be in runoff. We provide reinsurance solutions. For companies that want to eliminate legacy liabilities, uh, books of business that are no longer core to their business, we provide reinsurance through loss portfolio transfers, adverse development covers, assumption reinsurance, other forms of innovation. Genesis Legacy Solutions is, a, like I said, a relatively new company, but it is the sequel to a company that Brian Johnston, my, my partner and uh, the CEO of Genesis Legacy Solutions, and Stephanie Makata and Richard Watton started called SOBC uh, back in 2012-13. Uh, Stephanie and Richard are uh, longtime, uh, very familiar faces at AROC, uh, as is Brian. They've all been in the runoff space for, gosh, you know, 30 years plus. Stephanie and Richard started SOBC back in 2007 and wanted to expand their platform here in the U.S. back in 2012-13. I had helped them buy a company in runoff back in 99, 2000. That's how we got to know each other and gained a mutual professional respect and a friendship. And when they wanted to expand SOBC's platform here in the US, they tapped my shoulder and Brian Johnston's shoulder and we, we formed a team and were very successful. Ultimately sold out to a, another company that was focused primarily uh, on Europe but wanted to expand their U.S. platform. So we left and formed uh, Genesis Legacy Solutions. And we were in the market looking for some capital. And a friend put us in touch with uh, Maiden Re. Uh, Maiden Re had just gone through the process of eliminating much of their legacy business and had a, a pile of money to invest. And uh, we were one of their first investments. So it's been a, it's been a terrific partnership. They brought a talent, they brought money, uh, they brought staffing, and it's been a terrific co collaboration so far. And we wrote our, our first deal in October, and we've got a, a pipeline of easily 15 or 16 other deals that we are working on. Uh, so what do you do in your role as president and general counsel? I provide, obviously, as president, management oversight, part of the, the team. I'm also on the board of directors. But my primary role would be as chief legal counsel, which would include corporate regulatory claims oversight. I draft a lot of our agreements and I do a lot of marketing. I've been um, an insurance reinsurance regulatory lawyer for over 35 years and, or th about 35 years. I have had a focus on the captive risk retention group, alternative risk market for about the last 20 plus years. 
And that's been Genesis Legacy Solutions' focus. We believe that the, the, the smaller end of the market is severely underserved. And so our focus from the very beginning, as it was with SOBC, has been small insurance companies, captives, risk retention groups, small self-insured books of business. So I do a lot of marketing because of, because of my contacts, because of my years in the business and my years in the alternative risk market. I do a lot of conferences, which I enjoy. I do a lot of marketing, which I enjoy. How is Genesis Legacy Solutions philosophy uh, different from other companies? I know it's a newer entity. Any different approach there? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, it, it's no secret that there's a there's a flood of private equity money into the the runoff market, and and I think that is uh, triggered by the view that private equity has that you know you can buy up all these reserves and invest those reserves. For, you know, if it's workers' comp reserves, it could be 10, 20, 30 years. If it's asbestos or or some of the other environmental type exposures, it, they could invest these reserves for many, many years, earn a good investment return. We approach runoff differently. We don't approach it from the top down as a as an investment play. We approach it from the bottom up. We believe that effectively managing the claims themselves. Settling claims is a better way to achieve a successful runoff. You'll do it quicker and then extract the capital that that we want to extract out at the end of the day. So our view is a bottom-up versus a top-down approach to, to runoff. You know, we, we one of our one of our, um, our our new claims people at SOBC in our back office in Ohio, our new head of claims, when we said to her, we want you to settle claims. She had come from a, a large insurance company, scratched her head and said, you know, that is contrary to, <laughs> to what I've been taught for many years. Uh, and, and our philosophy is if you settle the claims, you may pay a little more today, but in the long run, you're going to avoid a significant amount of legal fees, management time and effort, which there's a cost to all of these things, a cost that is incurred or borne by the claim. So doing right by the claimants, risk retention groups are a perfect example. You know, doing right by the claimants, settling claims, helping the claimants, you, you'll ultimately have a better result. Risk retention groups, one of the are one of the things that we recognize is those claims are claims of the members and the owners of the risk retention group. If we acquire a risk retention group, and we've we've developed a bit of a niche in acquiring risk retention groups. And we, when we buy a risk retention group, we need to recognize that those claims are the claims of the former members. They still have a vested interest in those claims, even if we own the risk retention group. So you need to do right by them. We draft into our stock purchase agreement, we buy a risk retention group, that we will treat the claims of the members as if they were our own claims with respect, efficiently, effectively. So it's a little bit of a different approach. It's a it's a claims approach versus an investment approach. You know, risk retention groups. That was an interesting. You know, I was in. I, I've been involved in in the Risk Retention Act uh, for for many years. In fact, during law school in Washington D.C., I was on Senator Patrick Leahy's Judiciary Committee staff, 
1986, when the 1986 Amendment to the Risk Retention Act came through, the Risk Retention Act was passed in 1983-84, and it would apply just to manufacturing companies. Providing liability insurance, there was a liability insurance crisis for manufacturing. So, you know, they introduced the, the Risk Retention Act. In 1986, there was an amendment to the Risk Retention Act, which would propose to open it up to all industries. What a lot of people don't know is the driving force behind that amendment were Vermont nurse midwives. Vermont, really? Yes. Vermont huh. nurse midwives could not buy liability insurance coverage. And Vermont nurse midwives, they are a, a, a you know, part of the fabric of Vermont. So it was a big issue for Senator Leahy. And when the amendment came up, he said, I heard something about your family being in insurance. So <laughs> even though I was on the Judiciary Committee staff, he said, you're my new insurance person. So you know, I spent a lot of time on the phone with Vermont nurse midwives talking about the, the problems that the liability insurance crisis was causing for them. And ultimately, Senator Leahy voted in favor of passage of the bill and it, it, it passed. So I, I've had a long, long an interesting, you know, exposure to the to the Risk Retention Act. So, you know, roll forward to to 2014, we had an opportunity to buy a Montana Risk Retention Group, and uh, Steve Matthews, the head of the the captive division in Montana that regulates risk retention groups, said, "We'd love you to take this off of our hands, but how do you do it? Under the Risk Retention Act, only insureds can be owners of the risk the risk retention group." So Steve said, Tom, you've been a, a regulatory lawyer for 30 years. You figure it out. So we, we came up with a concept that simultaneously with the closing of the acquisition, all of the members collapse their interest to one member. That one member converts the risk retention group to a single parent captive. We buy the single parent captive. So it's it's an interesting solution to a, to a problem. And so you know, since that time, uh, we have had the opportunity to buy a number of risk retention groups and done it successfully in a number of different states, including DC, including Vermont. And, you know, they're obviously risk retention groups. There is, they, like any insurance, like captive or risk retention group, they often run their course and need to shut down for various reasons. So it's, uh, it's an interesting solution. So you've touched a little bit on what your your career has been, but could you walk us through what what the actual path was? What got you to where you are now? It's funny. A lot of people will say that uh, I was kind of born into this business. Uh, My father was uh, was a reinsurance broker. He ran uh, a company called GL Hudson and Son for many years. GL Hudson and Son at one point was the second largest insurance broker in the United States and and fourth or fifth largest in the world. It's a company that my grandfather, in fact, the GL and GL Hudson had started. And uh, I've got two brothers who are brokers. I've got another brother who is a, who's a personal lines underwriter. So we were all kind of born into the insurance reinsurance world. I tell the story that I, re- I remember as a, as a toddler, my parents entertaining folks from Lloyd's of London um, at our house. Um, so as one does, <laughs> yes. So, you know, graduating from law, from law school, well, graduating from college, thinking about my career path, my father had a word of advice. He said, get into the safe end of the business, become a lawyer. So, so I went to law school 
and uh, and became a lawyer. And my focus has always been the insurance reinsurance industry. So that's kind of how I got into it. What advice can you give any young professionals who are interested in the insurance or reinsurance space who maybe don't know how to get started or don't know what's out there? Anything that's worked particularly well for you? Yeah, you know, I one of the things I've advocated, and you know, my my career path is, you know, when I when I got out of law school, I worked for a couple of the the large uh, insurance reinsurance law firms that are you know household names. I was general counsel for a couple of medium sized property and casualty insurance companies. And one of the pieces of advice that I give to to um, folks just getting into the industry out of college, out of grad school try to get as broad a background as possible. And what I mean by that, you know, when, when I was a young uh, lawyer, I was with National Reinsurance. I was assistant general counsel. And I advocated to the general counsel that I would serve our clients, our internal clients best if I had a very broad understanding of what they did on a day-to-day basis. So we developed a program where I did the legal work, but I also spent a month with the underwriting team. I spent a month with the claims team. I spent a month with the HR team to truly get a, a, a much better feel for, for what they did and I believe better represent the client. So, you know, the advice that I would give is get as broad a background as possible. You know, it, maybe law is not your, your interest. If you want to get into the insurance or reinsurance industry, fundamentally become an underwriter first and foremost, because everything everything in our industry flows from the underwriting process. You know whether it's whether it's marketing, whether it is claims, everything flows from underwriting. So if you're interested in getting into this business, learn the underwriting discipline first. That will be a terrific base. You know, I tell my kids. Your career is like building a house. You need a strong foundation. A strong foundation means giving yourself as as broad an experience as possible to build your career upon. So learning underwriting is a great first step in building that foundation for your future career in the insurance or insurance industry. So the the real tough question, how do we get Uh more young professionals interested and involved in the insurance industry? Because as you probably noticed, we have a bit of a problem bringing young talent into the space. Any ideas on what to do there? You know, that's, it's, it's a great question. Uh, I've, got, uh, I've got four kids ranging in age from, from 23 to 31. And for, for many, many, many years, I said, look, get into the insurance reinsurance industry. It's not sexy, but Regardless of what happens in the outside world, the economy, what have you, politically, whatever, people need to buy insurance. And I think there's a real opportunity here. And and I'm not sure that we are broadcasting enough the opportunity. And that is, I mean, the alternative risk marketplace, like captives, like risk retention groups, I mean, that is really innovative stuff that's going on. There's a lot of creativity that's happening. You know, I was working on a project with, I've been working on a project with Brian that it's never been done before. It's, it's, uh, it's an interesting concept trying to solve problems that 
business people have. You know, it, there of course there's catastrophe concerns, liability concerns. You know, the the basic insurance needs, but there are other risks that businesses face on a daily basis that need innovative solutions. And I think if we were to communicate to you know, people just coming out of college, uh, coming out of grad school, how interesting and innovative this industry can be. I think we'd attract a lot more people, a lot of young people. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Is there anything sure. else you wanted to add before we close out? No, this has been a, a great opportunity and I, I appreciate it. Iraq is a terrific organization. I know we've participated for many, many years. It's Again, it's a, it's a great place to, to market. It's a great place to get to know people. So um, I appreciate the opportunity to, uh, to talk to you. The Next Gen Task Force is part of AROC, the only U.S.-based nonprofit association focusing on the legacy or runoff sector of the insurance and reinsurance industries. AROC serves the industry by providing education, networking, information, and data. Learn more about what we do at www.aroc.org or contact AROC's Executive Director, Carolyn Fahey, at carolyn at aroc.org. That's A-I-R-R-O-C.org. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.